0: We are sitting here in my apartment in beautiful North Hollywood, AKA Dancerland, and we're going to have noises from the outside. We might have a door opening and closing. It is part of the real experience. I'm really here hanging out with a friend, getting some great inside information, no frills, no nothing. So thank you for tuning in and enjoy. (laughs) I'm here with Trey Holloway. Phenomenal dancer, choreographer, teacher, amongst other things.
1: Thank you. Hello.
0: Hello. Um, credits including. There's so many credits. I feel like I need a scroll, but...
1: We don't need to talk about those.
0: But it's nice for people to hear.
1: I'll just give you my top like, five. Okay, let's go. Um, thank you for having me, first of all. Appreciate okay. it. Uh, top five moments, I would say. Recently, I did... Uh, NBC special of The Wiz, I assistant choreographed, and danced and acted in that. Uh, touring Whitney Houston in 2010 was amazing. Chris Brown's tour was also great. Uh, I did the Oscars with Pharrell two years ago, I believe. And probably uh, a Sarah Lee commercial that I did early, early in my career. I was borderline allergic to peanut butter, but we <laughs> had to eat the sandwich, so I faked it and spit it out at the end, but I was fine.
0: I always wondered about that, when you're, you have a strong aversion to something that you need to sell. Have you had anything else like that?
1: Uh, no, I'm, I'm only allergic to shellfish. I've never done a shellfish commercial, so I'm good.
0: With Sarah Lee, did you tell them that you were...
1: Yeah, so you just put me in a bag. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't have to eat the sandwich.
0: Hilarious. I wanted to start this off, um, well, thank you for being here, of course, and also just sharing how I know you, because I think it's interesting how everyone in the dance world, we are all so connected. Absolutely. And it's just a matter of time till you meet someone else that knows, you know, according to Facebook, like 500 people that you know. Um, We met at a, I, I don't know if it was like 2010, Dennis Teach McKinley, who choreographed for Cisco, he took me to a house party.
1: Tyrell's house party.
0: Tyrell's house party. Yes, And I didn't I know anyone. You were so mean. <laughs> what?
1: You were mean. <laughs> I was like, hi. Ah, you were like, hey.
2: Oh,
0: okay. <laughs> was I, wait, was I really like that? Yes. <laughs> I always wonder, because you're not the only one who said that. Like, I was very off-putting. Mm-hmm. And in my head, my version was just, I was having this great time. I was like around really exciting people. I was just getting, graduating college, getting into the dance world out here. And then I go to this party and you just, you have people that are in it doing what you want to do. And it's kind of like being a freshman and you have all the seniors. And you're like, oh, I'm at a senior party. And I probably had had quite some to drink. And then I was sitting down. I had had just a long conversation with someone. And then you sat down and I remember just talking to you. I don't even remember being like, you know, what the f- or anything. <laughs> is <laughs> my french so that's how we met and then we um reconnected a few years later yep. um dubs had a christmas party and we Absolutely. sat down next to each other we started talking and i was like this reminds me of last time you know and we apped away and we've been friends ever since you were
1: really nice then i was yes, yes, thank very you very pleasant i was very impressed
0: see everyone you know you can change <laughs> for the better out here
1: people do change <laughs>
0: so you come you came out to la and i wanted to know a little bit what had you make such a big move and can tell me a bit about that sure
1: sure i um i graduated high school i knew i wanted to dance i danced in high school but then i knew i wanted to go to college college was the first priority my parents wanted me to go i wanted to go and i went to seton hall university and once i went there i was able to go to new york and take class at broadway dance center and and still dance and still pursue what i wanted to so it wasn't like i was being forced to go but it also wasn't like i could just pick up and move to la mm-hmm. so i decided if i want to stay focused and i want to get my degree and finish school i should stay on the east coast my parents were only an hour and a half away finish school then i said well once school is over i'm gone like there's just really this is going to prepare me for whatever i want to do in la and i think most kids graduate high school and they just see everything going on, especially now with social media and everything. They want to get out there and do it now. They think that this is their opportunity, but there's always an opportunity to dance. There's always going to be a new artist. There's always going to be a new song. There's always going to be a new show. And I think coming out here when I was 22 was much better than coming out here when I was 17 or 18. Those four years you'll never get back. It's the best four years of your life because you have zero responsibility. All you have to do is go to school 15 hours a week and get good grades. It was easy for me. So. I knew I wanted to do that, and then once I graduated, everybody knew the plan, I moved to L.A. So it was kind of a no-brainer. I just knew I had to go to school first. So when I got out here, the move didn't seem that big.
0: And I'm going to put you on blast saying that you had an academic scholarship.
1: I did. I, uh, for all really the people, <laughs> for all the people going to school, fastweb.com. My mom told me to get on every day, and every day I did not do it, but the one day I did, <laughs> I found the scholarship, it was a full academic scholarship, Seton Hall, and I went in for an interview, wrote an essay, went in for an interview, got the scholarship all four years, 60 grand pay,
0: easy. Well, do you feel like college helped you with your career at all?
1: Absolutely, you become smarter, they say you only take away 15% of what you learn in college, I think you take away more, because I think it's the life lessons you learn, it's learning how to be an adult, it's learning how to adapt to certain situations learn how to deal with people Mm -hmm. so it's more than just the the academic that or your major that you're studying yeah it prepared me for a lot being coming out at 22 23 instead of 17 18 those four years make a world of a difference i think
0: and last thing on that what about the dancer that says but i need these four years i'm young like
1: uh i i would say you don't even hit your stride or your prime until you're 27. Anyway, I think 27 to 32 is when people really understand and when people watch them, they say, oh, that's a seasoned dance, but they know what they're doing. I love watching them. Not because just their body of work, but just because they put in so much time and so much work, they don't look like amateurs. When you're 17, 18, you look like a kid. There's so many things you have to do not to look like that. So, I mean, I don't think sooner is necessarily better. I think you're more daring when you're younger but at the same time you're smarter when you're older so
0: I love that cuz I I remember always feeling like at 18 I was over the hill and at 20 I was over the hill and mm-hmm. there's this culture and this idea for women do you think it's different from women that past um, 25 you're like
1: yes liver. I do think I do think the being a man I will be sensitive and say that I do think the biological clock is a real thing for women because I think if you do it early in your career you have your success, you make your brand, you do what you need to do. By 27, 28, you do want to have kids and you want to settle down and and that's normal. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And that's just for the type of woman that wants to do that. But there are also career women that don't want to do that at all. They want to work their whole lives and they want to be the next mogul. So I think for those women, more power to them.
0: What sets you apart from others? You've succeeded really well thrived in an industry, you're still thriving in an industry where just, I, I'm curious what the percentages are. A lot of people just don't make it.
1: That's true. I think what sets me apart, what I learned at a young age, is that my attention to detail. I think it's not just in dancing, I think it's in life. I, I pay attention to a lot of things. And I see the big picture in a lot of things. I see how things are working and how, the mechanics of a lot of things. So I think once you see the big picture and you can break it down to what it is, that will set you apart from people who just go through with just their talent. Mm -hmm. Like I realized I had talent when I was younger, but then I also realized, yeah, a lot of people have talent, but what makes me better? Okay, well, I'm smarter than a lot of people. Okay, cool, so I'm gonna really get into my intellectual side. Okay, now physically, I'm not where I wanna be, so now I need to physically get, so it's putting everything together, having all the pieces work, which again comes with being a seasoned dancer, getting all the pieces together to make yourself set apart from everybody else. And I think the journey is getting all those pieces together. No one, I I mean, some people might, and those are prodigies, but most people don't have everything, you Mm -hmm. know? And when you think of a dancer, it's like, oh, they're just a complete dancer. They can do everything, they have the look they're polished, their body is great, their attitude is great. I love being around them. Their family life is great. Like all that stuff plays into how you come into rehearsal, how you talk to a choreographer, how you interact with the crowd for me teaching, how I interact with the kids. Like there's a whole background that has gotten me to this point and all those pieces I think set me apart, but I work on these pieces though. Any any weakness that I have, I try to cultivate and, and make better and make it a strength instead of having it still be a weakness, you know? Mm. And I think the more focused you are on trying to get better and trying to make these pieces fit in this big puzzle of your career or whatever it is, I think that's what sets me apart because I really try to do all these things.
0: Did you have, um, that's awesome, did you have a, an artist, a job that was your goal? What did you have in mind when you came out here?
1: The first artist I ever danced for was Ashanti. And I remember being in rehearsal... And her choreographer said, I just oh. got
0: so geeked. Sorry, because I used to always listen to her. Yeah, so go on, go on,
1: I was 19. Quick story: I was at Broadway Dance Center, the old Broadway Dance Center.
0: 57?
1: Yep. And I was freesty- shout out to BDC. freestyling in the mirror. Shout out to BDC. <laughs> I was freestyling in a mirror, and this choreographer comes up to me. He was like, What are you doing, so-and-so? I want you to come to an audition. I was like, Okay, cool. Told my mom, I'm going to go to an audition, so-and-so. It was only one other person there. So I think he wanted me to get the job. So I danced. I got the job. And now I'm dancing for Ashanti. Cool. They're talking about tour and talking about all this. I'm like, I'm in college. Like, I can't do all that. And I wasn't trying to leave. So wow. did a couple gigs. Then he just forgot about me, which is totally fine. But in that, in rehearsal, he said, oh, there's this new kid, Chris Brown. He's amazing, whatever it is. And I heard his music. And I was like, I'm going to dance with that kid one day. And was it? five six years later I was dancing for Chris so you could have never really said oh this is gonna happen you could have never really manifested it but just to say it and to be around that energy and then be being patient enough five years six years later Mm -hmm. to have it come to fruition is is cool so
0: that's amazing what was it like touring with Chris Brown
1: Uh, (laughs) that man is awesome I because he started so young and he was so brilliant so young I think people have just branded him as just always being around and always being there. Always loved his music and I feel like when he got into trouble, the first thing I said was, Well, how many of us has, have done worse at nineteen? You know? A lot of us has done have done a lot worse things. Not that what he did was right at all. But I think we put him under a microscope and made him look like a monster when he was just a nineteen year old kid that got caught up mm. with another with a twenty one year old woman. That wasn't right for him, that, that provoked him, that that made the situation bad. They were bad for each other, you know? Yeah. And I think everyone knows that. It's not a secret, you know? So, outside of that, I think he's a genius in rehearsal. I think he's brilliant. He tries hard. He wants to learn every single day. He's very intellectual. He's schooled me on so many different aspects of life. I'm like, wait, what? What? I don't even know. The, the stones of what? That man is smart. What's, and he's thirsty for knowledge, which is awesome. What's something
0: he taught you, sorry to cut you off?
1: Um, we were talking about the, the four the four stones, or the maybe the ten stones. It was something to do with science and the stones. I think they're in Georgia. I specifically remember, we're doing the Turn Up the Music video, and he was saying something like, yeah, on these stones are like uh, laws, and if we just follow these laws, then the government wouldn't need to be or exist, because it's just these laws we would need to follow. And everybody just said, okay, cool. Let's just follow. And he was just going into detail, detail. I went on the internet. I was like, oh, okay, this really does exist. And he knew to the letter what it was. And we just, we've had quite a few intellectual conversations, even about the whole Rihanna thing Like we've had. He was calm and and we were hanging out. And he was intellectual about the whole thing. He was like, I, my mind was in this place and then I did this and this is what happened. Like he was just very unapologetic as far as him making the mistake but apologetic and okay yes i know it was wrong but here's my side and i respect that it's kind of like whitney houston she was like yeah when i was on tour she said yeah it was sex drug and rock and roll that's what me and bobby did we were very talented we were the kids we would get on the jet go to miami come back do a bunch of drugs hang out dude th- i'm like that that was our life wow. and any artist willing to not put themselves in a the bad light or, or willing to put themselves in a the bad light in front of people that they trust, I respect that. And really? that's, I, I think that's why I respect Chris so much because he's never afraid to, to tell the truth or, or put his life out there like that. I think it's great.
0: Hmm. I wanted to ask, but didn't want to be disrespectful no, um, about Whitney Houston. Yeah, please. What was it like going on tour with her, being with a legend? And could you also speak a little bit on where does the dancer stand in that world? Because when you're on tour, you're a part of it, and then eventually you get off tour. Mm -hmm. So if you could just speak to this broad question.
1: So I'll go from the very beginning, January 15, 2010, I'm late to the audition. Chris Robinson, shout out to Chris, Canada. He taught me the combo when I got in. I got in probably 30 minutes late. He taught me a little bit of the combo. At the end of the audition, there were six of us, and then there were like 40 guys. He asked the six of us to leave and there was just the 40 guys in there. I'm like, well, shit, we clearly didn't get it. I'm outside, then he asked uh, us to come in, Jerry Slaughter's a choreographer. I did a bunch of industrials when I was in college with Sarah Mitchell, and I did probably three industrials with her. And I didn't really remember, she was a Knicks dancer at the time, didn't really remember, but obviously I was cool. We went to Vegas and a couple other gigs we did. Fast forward six years, jerry is good friends with sarah hires her all the time they go back and look at their list they say hey do you know this kid she's like oh yeah that's trey we did a couple gigs together he's cool you should definitely hire him because i was cool six years ago i got the whitney houston job they were looking for one guy out of like 250 guys i was the one guy that they chose so already i'm like wait a minute this is interesting we get to rehearse in atlanta she walks in beautiful skinny lean she's beautiful. Her best friend just died, her makeup artist just oh. died. So she's a little a little solemn, a little down, but then she's very religious and she's like, you know, we're gonna do this tour with with love in our hearts and that's all we care about. Whether we're good, we're bad, we're ugly, we're pretty, whatever it is, we're gonna do it with love. And then she did Your Love is my love and I like started to tear up. I called my mom. I didn't even like talk to her, I just called her and let the phone just and we just listened to Whitney Houston sing and and her band play. And I was just like This is crazy. Mm -hmm. So, went on tour. We knew it was gonna be six months. Uh, We went all over. We went to Japan. We went to. uh, We went to Asia. We went to. uh, We did a lot of Europe. Um, Australia, and honestly, I would say sixty percent of the shows were, maybe not that good. Um.
0: What about it was
1: not... Just, I mean, just she was straining her voice. Like, she was tired a lot of times. But then there were 40% of the shows where you were like, holy, wow, we are on tour with Whitney Houston. She gave 25 years, 30 years of her life to music. In the booklet that we had, it was really, really small font, just accolade, accolade, accolade. And it just made you realize the power of performing. This is not Whitney Houston at... 21 this is Whitney Houston at 45 you know 46 so there's a difference there's, there's, there's 20 years of life in between and I think people who had something to say that loved her music when when they were kids and when she was singing I will always love you at, at, in her prime how many people are not in their prime when they're 50 you know mm-hmm. so it's kind of like we're, we're judging her but at the same time as as a culture as a people we want everybody to be the same always and that's that's just not the case, you know. Some artists will preserve their voice and really be about their craft for a, for a long amount of time, and then you'll say, "Ah, uh, his voice isn't like it was." Well, I mean, he's thirty eight. Mm. He's fifty. It's like Michael Jordan playing until he's whatever age. is kind of like at at some at some point, you will start to d- deteriorate as a human, as as an artist, as a as an athlete, as a dancer. You know, you can't be expected to perform at the same level. So I I never judged her in that way and every every before every show we prayed and she just had literally i mean no pun intended but her tour was called nothing but love tour she had nothing but love for everybody it was it was awesome
2: wow she
1: sat us down one night and told her about her entire life we were like it was crazy crazy experience i've ever had she told us about every single thing no apologies loved it
0: wow thank you for sharing that
1: yeah Um. i loved it
0: how, how does that feel? You're so part of a, a family, it seems like, when you're in tour, and then what's it like when it's done?
1: So tour life is interesting because you, do, you have the rehearsal process of being with, whether it be eight dancers, ten dancers. When I did Kylie, there were 18 of us. And you start to realize who you gel with the most and the people who you might clash with. So you probably stay away from those people. Not that they're, they're still a part of your squad. If someone from an outside source or someone outside of your camp said something to them or did something to them, obviously you want to defend them. But you can't be friends with everybody. It's mm-hmm. just too much energy and too many, too many energies bouncing off each other. So you become the family and then you go on tour and you trust each other on stage and you, you trust each other when you go out and you always look out for your brother, you look out for your sister. But, and then when it's over, it's kind of like it suddenly stops you go back to the real world, you need to reintroduce yourself to LA, make sure everybody knows you're back and you're trying to get more jobs. But then you see people at an audition, and it's like, oh, okay, cool, we've been here before because you know these people and you know you've shared the stage with them for five, six, seven months. Mm-hmm. So they become instant family and they're family forever. Like they, you never, you might not keep in touch. It's just like they're your best friends. You might not keep in touch or you don't need to see them all the time. But you know, when you do see them, it's like the love and the, the foundation is always there. yeah. That's what tour does. It makes a good foundation for the rest of your career.
0: That's beautiful. You have an intense physical routine, or I'm calling it intense, but you definitely have a physical life to you, and I think that plays a huge part. I've noticed that a lot of booking dancers, they have this edge. They're doing a lot um, on in between their dance jobs. Can you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Absolutely. My motto, if I ever become any type of famous or any type of, um, like everyone listens to what I says, (laughs) uh, I think it would be always be ready. And I think there was a time that I wasn't ready and I said, I would never be here again. Hmm. And it was during the Michael Jackson audition. I remember they were hiring these dancers. I made it to the last 30 guys or so and they were probably taking about 10 to 12 guys and I just knew I wasn't ready. Body-wise, I knew I wasn't ready. Dance-wise, maybe. But body-wise, I just knew I wasn't ready. And I said, this will never happen to me again. And that was right before... I don't want to mistake, but I think it was before Whitney Houston. It was. It was the summer before Whitney Houston. It was 2009. And Whitney happened 2010. But, so my philosophy now is always be ready. And I think dancing, you can dance... I don't dance every day. I love dancing, but I don't dance every day. If I'm on a job, obviously, in rehearsal, you'll dance. But I think going to the gym and being physical and and working on your body, working on your craft is definitely something that you need to do as a dancer to stay competitive. Mm. Because as soon as Jennifer Lopez or Beyonce or anybody says, all right, guys, take your shirts off, the worst feeling in the world is not being ready. It's awful. Yeah. And you know, and you look around the room and you see the the defeat in people's faces when they're not ready, and then you see the confidence in the guys that gladly take off their shirts, and they have the six pack, and their chest is wide, and their biceps are, it, it, you have to work at it. But once you do, and you get there, you can just maintain, and then everybody knows, oh no, he has a great body, strong, cool.
0: If you had to give a blueprint mm-hmm. to dancers coming out here and they want to be ready, because I remember for me, it was really hard, like my friends in ballet, they knew exactly what to do. Morning bar, Pilates, mm-hmm. yoga, what have you. And then for hip hop, I would hear, like, I don't do anything. Or what, what would be a blueprint that you could give to the dancers that are starting out?
1: Definitely, it's kind of like taking acting class. Once you take acting class from a certain instructor, they want you to adopt their style. Or they want you to adopt their philosophy on acting and how it is. But if you're an actress or you're an actor and you're just good, then you don't really need a philosophy or whatever it is. So I feel like you can take class, but take everybody's class, just so you're still Mm well-rounded. And once you get into into one person's style, one person's way of doing things, it brands you as that type of dancer. And when you try to do, so say you're going to do Marty style, great, love it, smooth, slick, fresh, do that. And then go take a Kenneth's class because Kenneth is going to teach you how to dance bigger, even bigger on stage. And it's going to and get your cardio up and all this. Or take Showtime's class and get your freestyling, your grooves up. You have to make it eclectic because if you don't, you'll get stuck in one rut. And I say rut loosely, like in, in one choreographer style. And even if you love that style, that can be like your main one, but you have to be eclectic because if you're not, if you go to an audition for Fatima and she's doing an African number and you've been doing marty stuff for three years you might be a little lost mm. you might not be as well-rounded as you thought you were mm. you know and a lot of these jobs it's especially now artists are being more creative they're saying oh i want to do like an african thing or i want to do like a, a pinup thing or i want to do a, a stepping thing you have to fake it till you make it or you need to be really good at it yeah. and at the audition either way so i think for dancers coming out here you need to one, be able to do everything. Two, work on your body as soon as possible. Wow. And you, when you size up next to the girls that wear the high waist and they wear the heels and they have a great body, you know what you want to look like.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's just a matter of if you're willing to work hard enough to get there,
2: yeah.
0: especially
1: at a young age. And it takes time, but you have to be patient.
0: Yeah. I agree. I see that you've worked for Fatima, Fly, Rich in Tone, mm. a group of other... Choreographers and creative directors, these are some of the names I really look up to. Is there a person that was most intimidating at first? And what do you recommend for dancers who are coming into their first big break?
1: I was told by Dan Carradine when I was 18 years old that <laughs> everyone gets their shot. And when you get your shot, you have to recognize it, and you have to take it, you have to seize the day. And I think my shot, <laughs> it happened twice. Uh, With Fatima, I did the Forgive Me video with Leona Lewis. I wasn't a dancer. I wasn't booked as a dancer. I was booked as an extra. One of my buddies said, hey, let's just go. We can be an extra on the video. You get like $100 for the day. And I said, okay, cool. But Fatima was in my eye eye line, and I was going off, (laughs) freestyling my butt off. The next time I saw her, I was in Utah, and that was a Sara Lee commercial. I'm sitting down. And they said they weren't going to be um it wasn't going to be a choreographer i'm sitting down i see some yellow pants walk by and i look up and it's fatima and then i see misha shout out to misha gabriel it's my homie and i've known misha since he was younger tony Tess is one of my best friends and they did aaron carter's tour together so that's where i met misha and they were young probably 16 17 maybe so i'm looking like i have a good shot at getting this i know misha i don't really know fatima but i kind of know her style so i should be able to get the choreography i walk in she's like i've seen you before have we worked together i'm like no she said no 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 i remember that hat i've I've seen you dance before i was like oh it might have been the leona lewis video she was like oh okay and she booked me uh-huh. you know so that was that was my shot and that was my into countless number of jobs after that
2: i uh, love
1: it yeah and and uh So the advice I would give to anyone who's younger, once you get your big break, I think keeping the, one, knowing the choreography you're working for, knowing how they operate, knowing how they work, because Fatima operates totally different than a Tone and Rich. So you need to know how Tone and Rich like things, you need to know how they operate in rehearsal, and you need to learn very quickly. If you've never been in rehearsal with them, sit back, observe when they say dance, do your job, dance your ass off, and then leave
2: yeah
1: with Fatima you'll realize the more you talk or the more you I guess try to to stand out the less she likes you the first time I would say on every job be the quiet one and let everybody else say oh no, no no he's not quiet at all and let them ask you so I heard you're quiet and let them come to you with the question let them come to you and try to bring your personality up because I think as soon as you try to grandstand especially veterans who have been doing it, or people who have already worked with these choreographers, it makes it so much worse for you. So I would say, play the reserve role in the beginning, just so they don't blast you, (laughs) because they will.
0: That's a big thing, because I feel like with dancers, it's a lot of uh, trying to stick out. Absolutely. You feel it. I can feel myself sometimes do it, and even performance-wise, when you have a million people going full out, the person who's more still gets noticed. It's true. But I wouldn't have thought that, so it's amazing. Do you still get stage fright?
1: No. What? No. I I don't get stage fright. When I'm performing, I feel like I'm on fire.
0: Well, there you go. Like,
1: I feel like my <laughs> insides are burning through my skin to the outside. Because I say, if you've done this many shows, why would you be scared to do this show? Or if you've done this many... There was one time I got stage fright because I really wasn't... The choreography didn't sit well with me, (laughs) and the rehearsal did not go well. And I was like, okay, the rehearsal didn't go well, the choreography doesn't sit right, but it was my first time at Madison Square Garden. And I said, if you mess up in front of all these people at Madison Square Garden, you should quit. That's what I told myself.
0: No pressure. I mean, I would probably freeze and turn into a (laughs) turtle.
1: That's the pressure I put on myself. I say, you've always wanted to perform at the garden, when I was touring, the time that and this is all timing the four or five years that I was dancing a lot, a lot on tours or whatever it is, the garden wasn't open. It was the Eyes Out Center in Brooklyn. Oh, wait, is that in Brooklyn? What's the? I
0: heard of it. What's the uh, Brooklyn?
1: Know. Whatever, whatever was in Brooklyn, we went there, and oh or God, or, God, or it was in know. or it was in the Meadowlands, and the, just the garden wasn't open. My biggest dream was to dance on tour or do a show in the garden. So I said, if you're gonna go your whole career, and the top of your bucket list is to dance at the garden and you mess up you should quit so i got out there and i did my thing cuz there's just nothing there's just, there was nothing else
0: did you ever get stage fright was there a point
1: in, oh absolutely
0: and when did it stop was it just through repetition
1: uh or? it's the rep- well it's not that I don't get stage fright it's this okay it may be a form of stage fright but maybe it's a uh, kind of nervous but really excited because i know what i'm doing kind of nervous but not that nervous because i've been here before i know what to do mm-hmm. I know how to feel when I'm on stage. I know when I jump up and I put my feet down, I know how to land. It's just being there over and over again. Mm. But always getting excited because when you have a thousand people watching you and even more viewers watching, you're like, okay, cool. I've been here before. I know how this feels. And that's why I feel like I feel on fire because I know, I just know what to do. But it's not a scared, like, I don't, I'm not going to dance timid. Yeah. You know, you just kind of got to go out there. And that comes from rehearsal. Going full out in rehearsal will make you. I envision being on stage while I'm on rehearsal, while I'm in rehearsal, which helps me.
0: That's a huge thing yeah. for people to know, especially with these markings that Absolutely. happen.
1: Oh, yeah. I I've don't. been
0: called out before. I don't Mark understand it. Out.
1: I don't understand it.
0: What's your Because be- it's, not,
1: it's not for the choreographer. Sorry. It's not no, for the fine. choreographer. It's for you. If they want to see it. And when that camera comes on, you just need to know, or the artist comes in, you have to go 1,000%. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. This is for you because if you don't you don't know how it feels when you get on stage yep Yep.
0: what's your biggest insecurity as a dancer
1: biggest insecurity hmm spacing spacing is my biggest insecurity for sure because if I'm if you've danced for a long time and say you get put in a great spot right behind the artist whatever it is you never want to be in a place where you're blocking the artist Say you get put in the front. Now, everyone's behind you, the artist is in front of you, everyone else is behind you, you're right behind the artist. If you're standing in front of a dancer that should be inside and you're a step in front of them, you've messed up the whole picture. I think that should be an insecurity for every dancer, always, Mm -hmm. because no one always 100% has perfect spacing. And I love the dancer that says, Trey, can you take a step out to your left? Yes, tell me, because if you're behind me, I can't see. Mm -hmm. So, and vice versa, I'll be like, hey, take a step out to your right, whether it be Tyrell or Cliff, whatever it is, take a small step out because that, that's the picture. We know what picture we're trying to make, you're just in the wrong spot. And being confident enough and being nice enough and, and still, like I'm not telling you to move out so I can shine and be this. No, we're all dancers, we're all in this together. Mm. Like dancers say a lot of times, same check, <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. But you are messing up the picture, you know? I think spacing should be an insecurity, especially because if you fall off the stage, and I've been on many gigs where people fall, have fallen off the stage, Clearly, your spacing wasn't right.
0: <laughs> Fall off the stage like yeah. major injury or just no, not sort of major injury, just
1: kind of embarrassing, and you just maybe <laughs> just in it so much, and then you just uh, step off the stage, or you're in it and in it, and then you you're just out of formation or whatever it is. I think spacing is very very important.
2: Can
0: you get fired for that?
1: Oh uh, no, I've never had, I've never known somebody get fired because their spacing was off.
0: Or they fell off the stage?
1: (laughs) No, because you'd want to know if they're okay first. (laughs) like, no, it's like, no, oh, are you okay? Cool, yeah, you're fired because you fell off the stage. No, that doesn't happen. I've never known that to happen.
0: What's the silliest job you've ever worked as a dancer?
1: Oh, man, silliest job.
0: Or like, I can't believe I'm doing this, or you don't want people to know that you did it?
1: Okay, I'm glad you elaborated. (laughs) So when I danced for Kylie Minogue, Everyone knows she's the, she's the gay icon of Europe, Australia. Kylie Minogue is like the Australian Madonna. One of my great friends was choreographing the tour. He said, I really want you to be a part of it. Seven-month contract.
0: Who choreographed it?
1: Tony Testa. Yeah. Okay. And we go to the audition and we had to take our shirts off and we had to walk and all that. The first, after I booked the job, we go to London and we have to do video content. And the director, William Baker, awesome director, he directed a bunch of things over in London. He actually did Rihanna's, uh, I forget what tour he did. Maybe two tours ago he did her tour. He says, I want Trey to do the content for the video screen. He hands me this little (laughs) thong. I'm sorry. And I go into the restroom and I put it on. And I said, what are you doing? I come out, confidence just... I mean, at this point, all the guys on Kylie were was it was a Greek, it was a Aphrodite show, so we're like Greek gods. Mm -hmm. So everybody's body was on point, which is great, and that's one thing I never regret because I learned how to work out with all the guys. But I wore this little thong and I had this like g string strap. American Apparel status. Yeah, kind of. It was bad. It was really, really bad. It looked bad. I wouldn't want anybody to see that. And this the crotch was like sequins, like sparkly. So we go out. Onto the, the photo shoot And he's taking content He's like, oh Trey, you look great, great job Kylie's there, she's looking Tony's looking at me like, wow Like you It, it was an admiration because he knew I'm a hip hop dancer Like I would never, and I'm straight So I would never in a million years do anything like this mm-hmm. But, what am I gonna do? Say, oh, we've we been rehearsing for two months We're already in London I'm already on the job What am I gonna do? Say, no, no I'm not comfortable with this No, you just gotta get out there and do it and it opened my eyes to so many other things that dancers do for the art, and that's exactly what it is. It has nothing to do with your sexuality. It has nothing to do with you being you feeling uncomfortable, whatever it is. That was their vision for the show. So you do it.
2: Yeah.
1: And then you go, you're a character, basically. Mm-hmm. So I was a character for that, and it was like we had to do like a bow and arrow, and then like a javelin, and then a shot put. And really we're being featured in front of thousands of people every night, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. So we did it, or I did it, and afterward he was like, bro, I respect you so much. Like, you didn't flinch. Like, you took, you did that like a chap. And I, I, I appreciate that because in my head, I'm like, I'm not going to let, let him see me sweat. I'm going to just go out there and I'm going to do it and act like I've been doing it. But the pictures now, sparkle crotch is not popping. Uh, the black <laughs> eyeliner I had to wear, not popping. So the curious. gold I had in my hair, not popping. But I did it. And it taught me a lot. So now when I have to go and do a show and do makeup, put makeup on, I'm like, all right, cool. Come on. I need my makeup done, please. Come do my makeup, please. And they put eyeliner, everything, whatever it is. We just did one for Gwen Stefani two days ago. And we had full face makeup, body paint, all that. Didn't flinch. Mm -hmm. So it it teaches you a lot when you're put in a position like that. But that's one situation in that moment where I was like, I don't know what you're doing, man. This is crazy.
0: That's interesting because I'm getting on one hand, and it sounds very respectable. It's art. You know, you... You humbled yourself mm-hmm. you did something very professional and then at some points I feel like it draws parallels what I'm relating to is as women we complain a lot about being given really skimpy stuff and yep. I know I felt cheap before yep um do you think that like was it a little do you feel a little bit of both or at the end of the day it was like just artistic
1: honestly I didn't because uh, the man Kylie was dating at the time he did it, oh, wow. and it was Jeremy Hudson, Kassan, and myself. So it was actually a compliment. Out of the ten guys that they had, mm-hmm. they picked three of us, and then her, and then her significant other at the time.
0: And something I, I'd like to highlight about that is, um, it's Kylie is a very up there artist. Oh yeah. And it seems like you were treated well. Absolutely. and with respect and dignity and that makes a huge difference to dancers listening how you're being treated, right? Absolutely.
1: I think if you feel when like you're these absolutely if, you're, if you feel like you're being um disrespected at any point, pull the plug. This is your brand, this is your this is your body, this is your this is your soul. You shouldn't have anybody um step on or make you feel cheap at at, at any moment. There are there has been Probably two jobs where they said hey were you gonna do this and you're gonna wear this I was like I'm sorry I'm not gonna do it it just wasn't worth it for me and you mm-hmm. walk away and there's nothing wrong with that you know and I think if you I think young dancers say oh well I think if I if I don't do it then this well you should know what you're getting into before you get there mm-hmm. and then if you do it you need to go full out you need to do it mm-hmm. and then live with the consequences after but you should never feel disrespected or like someone is is cheapening you as a performer or, or an artist
0: I like that. Is there a piece of advice that you'd like to give for the upcoming generation of dancers?
1: Yes. Work hard for everything you have. Work hard for everything that you, that you get. Because I think everyone, including this new generation, which I love the new generation, I think these kids and the choreographers, I think everybody is killing it. Everybody's smashing because everybody seems like they really want it. I think the problem is when it comes to longevity, You can't really want it and then slack off or you can't really want it and then not work hard in class or not work hard on a job or have an attitude here or there because there are people before you that have also worked hard and perfected this craft that you're disrespecting. So I think for the young generation, it's like take the proper steps to learn how to pop. Take the proper steps to learn how to lock. Take the proper steps to learn how to be on stage and really command the stage. Take the proper steps to get your body right. So when someone says, oh, how old is so-and-so? Oh, he's only 22. Wow, he seems like he's been doing it for years. Mm -hmm. You have to take the steps. You have to put in the work. Just like any NBA player, Steph Curry is not good because he's Steph Curry and he's Del Curry's son. He puts in the work to be that good, Mm -hmm. you know. And a lot of the the guys say it, Kevin Durant, he's like, you know, we're going to put in the work. You have to put in the work. On the off-season, and for dancers, obviously, there's no off-season, but you have to put in the work to be great because it will show. It just takes more time. And the instant gratification of, of YouTube and everyone saying, or Instagram, oh, I have 67,000 followers. I'm popping. Yeah, but have you put in the work? You know when you go to sleep if you put in the work. And it just takes one person to expose you and say, I've worked harder. I'm better.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: I have 2,000 followers, but where am I and where are you? Mm-hmm. You know? My advice would be make sure if you're putting in the work and you're popping, I'm down. I'm a fan for sure.
0: <laughs> so put in the work. Yes. Everyone listen to that. Hmm. What's your proudest moment?
1: Proudest moment was I have two performing for Chris in Philadelphia in front of my parents. I've always, my parents have always supported me in everything that I've done. And I think making them proud. Is the ultimate because they live normal lives, and they live vicariously through me. It says, "Oh, my son's on this show. He's on this show. My sister is a vice principal of a high school. This is her fourth year. The principal is on its way out. She'll be a principal of a high school in the next two years." Wow. So when they ask my parents, "What do your kids do?" Oh, oh my daughter. She's a vice principal at a school. Oh, that's amazing. What's your son do? Oh, you know he dances. I'm sorry. What? It's just. It's just a whole different lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And then they go into the artists and the tours and the videos and things like that. So. That's cool, but I just think my proudest moment is dancing in front of my parents and having them say, you did it, like you made it, you know? And I think The Wiz was one of my proudest moments because I am, I could always sing a bit, I probably could act a bit, but we were made to be singers and actors and dancers. Like We were forced to do it. And I think the fact that I was able to step up and be in a position where I mean, we had lines. My sister didn't know I had lines, and she started crying when she saw me speak. I'm like, that's powerful. That's cool. So to do that and, and be inspired and get into more singing classes and acting classes, it's like a new journey starting because it's not just dance anymore. Mm-hmm. And when you realize that you're more talented than you're giving yourself credit for, that's powerful.
0: Wow. I feel like I'm in that pride with you. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Can you speak at all about what it feels like to be, I call it sex symbolized, when you're a male dancer? This is my perspective. Mm-hmm. And tell me if anything like offends you or anything, but when you're a male dancer, especially, already as a dancer, you're sexualized, you're looked at a certain way. Um, with men, it's there's even fewer of you and it's very powerful because I think you have insight into something that women love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can you speak on that at all?
1: sure every man when you get on stage wants to put on a show you want to put on a show for the women that like what they see if they like what they see they'll scream and then that makes us excited Mm -hmm. or in kylie's case the men that look at us and say oh my goodness his body is beautiful that excites me too Mm -hmm. honestly i don't think it's a man and woman thing i think when you're performing it's an energy thing Mm -hmm. and no matter where it's coming from a man or a woman it's still the energy and that's what we thrive off of as male dancers when you know your body is right and you're smashing you're killing it it's the energy it's putting on a show and once you put past your personal feelings and you can just be in the moment it, it feels it feels amazing I think that's what the ultimate performer can do they can put on the show and make you believe that they are available they can make you believe that you need to want them they can make you believe that if you're watching this show you need to be watching me every time if I'm on stage right you need to see me oh I see you. I was on stage left last time. You saw me on stage left. Okay, cool. It's like a game that we that we play, but it's so commanding that that's what people want to see. They want to be taken on a journey in a show.
0: And how does it feel when you're off stage and in your life? Do you know what I mean?
2: No. So Sorry. I sometimes no
0: no no it's fine. Sometimes I feel um, for me as a dancer like it's part of my identity, mm-hmm. and I love that feeling on stage when you get to be a fantasy or you get to tantalize people and it's safe and it's empowering and it's a side of my personality for sure, but sometimes in life I want to be looked at differently, or you know, sometimes people don't get it, it's just a performance, or on stage I'm there for everyone, in life I'm not. I don't know if it's something that women are more sensitive to,
2: hmm.
0: so I just wanted to know, is there a male perspective on that?
1: Absolutely, I think it'd be, it can be explained very simply. A lot of people say, dance is not who I am, it's what I do, or dance is not what I do, it's who I am. Hmm. There are some people, some people on this side of the fence, some people on the other side of the fence. I tend to think when I went to college, I loved dancing. I I wanted to do it. And then there was a point where I was like, no, I need to figure out some other skills just in case dancing doesn't work out. I need to have other skills where I can do a bunch of other things. So I'm not exactly the dancer to say dance is who I am. But at the same time, it's a gray area because dance is not just what I do. I, I love it and I, when I wake up, I'm excited that I'm able to dance. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm excited that I'm able to be on stage. I'm excited that I'm able to give my gifts to younger children. So it, it's a very gray area, but I think for a man being physical and, and going to the gym or, or loving sports, Like when I'm watching basketball, when I'm watching the playoffs, when I'm watching football, I am not a dancer. If you come to me with a dance question, I would say after the third down. <laughs> and I just know that I'm such a sports fanatic that I'm not a dancer when I'm at Big Wang's eating wings, drinking beer with my buddies and watching sports. Yeah. I'm not a dancer. I don't care. Even if the song comes on, yeah, we might get hyped up. But I'm not going to get out and do a routine for you. I'm watching football. you know. So I can definitely separate the two. Yeah. And I think a lot of people who can't separate the two, you can tell, like, oh, yeah, he's a dancer, okay. which is nothing wrong with that. That's just not me, though.
0: But it's, it seems like you have, like, your times... You have your compartments or... Absolutely. The time and a place.
1: Absolutely. And I feel like I don't... If I hear music, like, sometimes I might step. But a lot of times, a lot of days, most true, true dancers mm-hmm. will dance every day. They feel like dancing mm-hmm. every day. Mm-hmm. There are days where you couldn't pay me to dance. Mm. I don't want to. I don't feel like it. You know, my body hurts. Or I'm tired. Or I'm sick. Or I just want to chill. Or mm-hmm. I just want to drink. You know, it's it's... I can definitely turn it on and off, and when it's time to dance, I know the level that I need to get to, and I think when that stops, then it's probably time to do something else, but it hasn't stopped yet, so I'm here.
0: Ooh. What changes have you seen the industry go through from when you started to now?
1: Social media, man. So I think it's cool. I think it's going to go out soon, honestly, just like everything else. Will
0: it be replaced by something else? Absolutely. What will it be replaced by? I
1: wish I knew, because if I knew, I would be making billions. (laughs) Uh, I I don't know what it is. I just think it's gonna replace by gonna be replaced by something because it has to be. Like social media can't last forever, just like AOL. The to everyone. And
0: then you get who the running. It, thought everyone had AOL back in.
1: Oh, like the younger. Oh well, let me school y'all. <laughs> so to get online, it was this little man and he started out running, and then he had like a gust of wind behind him, (laughs) and then you got connected. And the sound was
2: That's what it sounded
1: like. And it took forever. Now, we don't even know what that is. (laughs) No one one understands what that is. That's how long it took to get on. Dial
0: up internet.
1: Exactly. So, So if we've been from dial up internet to Snapchat me that bleep. We're obviously moving in a direction where You know, yeah, it it has to change. So, I think social media is gonna be so accessible, and everybody's gonna saturate the market. Where someone's gonna figure out, okay, it's not just social media. It's social media with this, or social media with that, and I think that is gonna change. And then it's gonna be okay. Well, it's not social media now. We get to do this. Now we get to do that. Mm -hmm. It, It just has to change, but I think that's the main thing that that has changed the the whole game. Social media is awesome, man. You can. Broadcast yourself if that's if you are that person that wants to broadcast themselves and you live your life that way You you can be a star for sure.
0: And what does that do for the, the Respectfully old school, you know, you go in you get a call from your agent or you crash an audition And there are X amount of people are there way more people now are auditions like how does
1: um, Usually people are respectful about that I mean you get the call from your agent and they say don't share this with anybody else but at the same time Many people have gotten many jobs by getting in where they fit in. If you crash an audition, then you book it. It's like, oh, well, if I didn't crash, then I wouldn't have booked it. This is true, but there are a certain way of doing things. And I think if you are a chronic crasher, I call them, and you just know people that just always show up and they know if they're 5'2 and there's a 5'7 call, clearly you shouldn't have been at the audition. But if you go, all right, cool, but you just need to know people do recognize that choreographers aren't dumb. They see you and they're like, hmm... You weren't on my submission sheet, but all right, I'm not going to kick you out and embarrass you in front of everybody, Mm -hmm. you know, but.
0: Has social media changed that? Because now so many people are getting, you know, famous off YouTube and cast that way.
1: Yeah, I still think people always have an audition because YouTube slash Instagram, Snapchat, like when you honestly, I think if you're busy enough, you don't have enough time to see all these people. If it's like a big hoopla about one person. Okay, great. You might take time to see it, And then you have your own opinion. If you need them, you'll call them. If you don't, you still have your audition. I think usually people have their audition anyway. Because mm-hmm. they need to physically see this person come in. And I think if you already have a high uh, profile and then you come in, you're going to act differently. Unless if you're going to act more different than if you come and you're just with the masses. Say we have an audition for 20 people or 20 girls. And you happen to be the most popular girl on Instagram, Mm -hmm. you're gonna act different with 20 girls than if it was just you and Fatima and Pharrell. Mm -hmm. You know, you're gonna act like a star when it's just one on one, but with 20 girls that might have a better body, a better skin tone, better eyes, prettier hair, now you're kinda like, oh, well, like I'm bad, but maybe I'm not that bad, Mm -hmm. you know? So I think the audition process will still always be
0: cool what's something you wish you'd been told upon entering the industry
1: that social media was going to be <laughs>
0: we always we
1: <laughs> well i'm I honestly actually i take that back because i'm not a i mean everybody knows i'm not a huge social media person it's just because i don't like people necessarily knowing where i always am i'm not sneaky and i'm not trying to get around certain things i just like my privacy mm-hmm. and I, I like to stick and move and i like to be here be there okay now i'm here and everybody knows Anyone who knows me, they're like, oh, well, Trey's never in L.A. That's not true. You just don't know I'm in L.A., Ooh. which is what it is. Like, the people that I want to know that I'm here, hey, I'm in town for four days. Let's hang out. Boom. We do that. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of times I just don't broadcast, hey, I'm here, whatever it is. Like, I just spent two two nights in a row with some of the people that I, I care very deeply about, and I haven't been available for, for four months because I've been teaching with the convention, but the past two nights we've been kicking it, and it's been the best thing for me, mm-hmm. you know? So... They know I'm here. Mm-hmm. And everybody else, I mean, if you don't see me, then I guess you don't know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But what was your original question?
0: Um, what's something you wish you'd been told upon? In oh, yes. The industry? Something
1: I wish I'd been told. Sorry.
0: <laughs> I got think si- I, I... Got
1: sidetracked. Yeah. Uh, I wish... I w- about social media, yes. I wish oh, yes. I'd been told that. And I wish I would have been told probably to work harder in the gym, Ooh. faster, sooner. So that when you come out of your 18, by the time you're 20, your body is great. And then you have eight years, 20, by the time you're 28, 29, even 30, of just getting in better shape. Hmm. Because I think it took me a little bit too long. Not that I would have done more jobs or less jobs, whatever it is. I just feel like for my personal self, I just feel like I, it took me a little longer than I wanted to.
0: And that's interesting because I have observed so many dancers out here. I don't know what we can call it, but it's just this aha moment, and then they get snatched. Mm-hmm. And it does, you know, they just start taking it seriously. I've noticed it with so many, like
1: absolutely. You know, and it doesn't take long, especially because we we're already smart people and resourceful mm-hmm. people. So whether it be a ten day master cleanse, not the healthiest, but you will get snatched. Whether it be a seven day juice cleanse, more healthy, but also a lot of sugar. Uh, whether it be hydroxy cut, whatever it is you do. I mean, I'm sure people do a lot of things to get, to get yeah. snatched. But whatever it is, it's the discipline to, to keep that, to stay there, that makes you, that sets you apart from everybody else. So if you have that discipline, you just want a quick fix for a photo shoot or whatever it is, then yeah, by all means, there are plenty of things to help you do that.
0: Have you seen people do unhealthy things?
1: Yeah, and I think the, be- the better friend you are, you just say, hey, I understand how you want to be. I just want to tell you, you don't look exactly healthy, and I know you, and I don't judge you. I just don't want you to be sick, and I don't want people to talk about you like you are sick. Yeah, I think that, I mean, and that's a comfortable thing, that's a,
2: yeah.
1: And you don't know if someone has an eating disorder or whatever it is, like you just never know, so you kind of want to touch it, but you need to be pretty close to them to, to have that conversation. But
0: I feel yeah. like it's the kind of unspoken about thing in our industry, because mm-hmm. it's not as It's not body conscious in the same way that ballet is or modern is. No,
1: not at all. It's in a
0: totally different way, and I don't know if we know yet how to treat it completely.
1: I think dance is moving in a fitness type of way. Like, we need to be fit for a dancer, not fit for a bodybuilder, or not fit for uh, I'm going to step on the Mr. Olympia or Miss Olympia stage next week. Like, my legs aren't going to be shredded and jacked, and I'm not going to have ham hogs for, for legs, you know. I need to be on a stage behind Beyonce or Jennifer Lopez it's like that's not gonna look good you know so there's a different type of fit that we need to be Mm -hmm. Um, and I think once we figure that out then there will be a formula that's coming soon
0: hey and by the way I didn't tell Trey to say any of this because this is what I tell people (laughs) you gotta uh, I'll plug I do conditioning for dancers there you go (laughs) boom
1: it makes a difference
0: it makes a difference so in wrapping up Mm -hmm. Is there anything, first, is there anything that we didn't speak about that's been on your mind that you wanted to talk about? Like, broadest question ever, but...
2: Yeah, <laughs> no,
1: I, I really think there's a certain sense of when you come into the industry, you want to do, you want to tour with an artist, mm-hmm. right? So you tour with an artist, and then you tour with another artist, and then you tour with another artist. And I think every dancer, and there's generations, there's like the 33 to 36th generation, then there's like the thirty two, the twenty eight to thirty two generation, and then you have like the young kids that aren't so young anymore. They're starting to realize, oh, I've done all these jobs. What am I gonna do now? The twenty two to the twenty six generation. But I think instead of thinking it like that, it's kind of like learning from the people that are on these jobs. That's what I've always done. I've always respected and learned from the men that I'm, being opposite of, you know. And I say men because I'm a man. But if it's a woman, if you're gonna opposite someone like like Lark or somebody like Alex Kay or somebody like people who have been doing it for or Randy Kemper. Somebody people who've been doing it for a while that you can actually learn from. It's a it's a a learning experience every time you get on stage or every time you get in rehearsal with these people. So instead of taking it like oh I need to outdo them, think of it like what can they teach me? Because you're gonna be in the game longer than they are, in theory. You know? Mm-hmm. Like I'm thirty one, so I feel like I don't know if I have a lot of years left. I don't know How much longer i'm going to want to do it how much longer i can do it i don't know but i I don't consider myself older i consider myself very accomplished and very wise in the sense of i know what happens when you go to dancing with the stars and you need you have to do the tech and you have to do this and you have to get makeup you got to get clothes on you got to sign the contract and i've been there before so if you're a new dancer i just want to i feel like i'm more helpful than other dancers because I don't look at them as threats mm-hmm. because when it comes to dancing one on one I think I can dance with the best of them but a lot of times it's not about me mm-hmm. you know I think dancers who understand that they say oh well who's oh who's this young kid oh yeah bring him in yeah yeah oh yeah he's dope he's great let's uh, let's do it and when we get on stage it's just my energy and your energy and then we're doing it but I never feel like I'm dancing next to someone or 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 opposite someone that's better than me or more accomplished or anything like that like you have to rise to the challenge and a lot of times you need to do what you're told and do what the choreographer wants you to do and it's just not always a competition I think it is competitive to get the job once you have the job that's the time to learn everything mm-hmm. and for me personally when I was younger I took a lot of class at this point in my life I don't take a lot of class but when I work that's my class mm-hmm. so if I'm on in, in a rehearsal with Twix or if I'm in a rehearsal with with uh, av i'm like hey teach me a b-boy move or show me show me this like i'm still learning Mm -hmm. but i'm also making money i'm also learning yeah so i think that's the biggest thing it's not always the competition when you get the job then it's time to learn and and soak up as much as you possibly can because the next job people will see oh man he's matured a lot in a year that's what you want you Mm -hmm. want the longevity of of this dance game and i think once you do that you'll You'll have jobs. People will be invested in your survival as a dancer. Mm -hmm. That's the ultimate goal for me.
0: What's something or things that you want to be remembered for? Like if you go and you go into accounting (laughs) (laughs) and there's a legend that was trained.
1: Yeah. That's interesting. When it comes to being legendary,
0: it's just kind of like,
1: yeah, some people find a certain lane. And I've actually been struggling with this because I feel like I have a lot to say, and I've done it a lot. It's just I haven't been here. So all the carnivals or teaching at Debbie's, like there's such a culture in carnival and people who have done every single carnival. And there's such a culture in Debbie's, uh, even dancers who work a lot and still can find time to to do a carnival, I'm like, I think that I, I admire that. And I just don't know, I say if something happened, would people say, oh, we knew him really well and he was a great dancer and he did this for dance. So I'm still trying to find my contribution to this industry. And I don't know how it's going to come, but I know it's coming. Mm. And I hope people embrace it and I hope people enjoy it. And I hope they get to see the real me because I feel like when I was younger, I'm a totally different person than I was. I'm a totally different person now than I am. Than I, really? Sorry. <laughs> I'm different now than I was before.
0: (laughs) You've grown? Yeah, I've grown
1: tremendously. And I've seen so many things. I've been around so many people who have changed and seen so many things. And I really, really think that I have a lot to offer. I just don't know exactly what that is. But that's all in the scheme of waking up, going to the gym. Okay, Mm -hmm. we want to put you on this job. Okay, do this job. Okay, now we want you to do this show. Now do this show. Now my sister wants me to come and see the baby in Jersey. So now I got to go see AJ. And then I got... It's just life that happens. And then you wake up and you're like, oh, man, what have I really done for this industry? Even if it's like, oh, if I walk into Millennium right now, I guarantee you 98% of the people will have no idea who I am, which is OK. I don't need people to know me. But I think once you get on TV, everyone's like, oh, that's so and so. What has he done? Then you look at the YouTube and then you look at the resume. Oh, man, he's popping. Yeah, but I've always been good. You just didn't know or you didn't yeah. take the time out to re- to recognize or realize. So it's kinda of doing that without bragging or boasting or saying, hey, you should know me because of this. That's not what I think. I just really think that I wanna do something where it's unassuming, it's non-pretentious, and it's giving to to younger dancers. I, I haven't really put my finger on what it is yet. Maybe I need to collab. Anyone who's listening, if you want to collab on something, I'm down. And I just have to make the commitment, whether it be six months and really make a commitment um, to do something different and something for dancers. That's that's a legacy I would like to leave.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know if that's now, I don't know if I need to figure out my own thing first, but that's, that's the goal eventually before it's all over.
0: If I may offer something that I've observed and that's really why I wanted to bring you in. To me, it's almost like that urban myth. Like you go into, you say you wanna be a dancer and you hear like, but how do you make money and you can't do this and like, who does that? And you are someone who's like really thrived and been consistent and have this be your work. You've been professional about it. And clearly you have something figured out ways of being to have this career going the way that it has for a long time. And I think because you're so in it, um, it's sometimes hard to see like what the legacy is. But to me, it's that you are that dancer who's really been doing it Hmm. and not like looking in the past, but you're still in it. And it might even be like in a few years when you look back on it, even just having a blueprint for other dancers. Part of the reason I said like urban myth, when I came out here, you have the people you immediately see mm-hmm. and then you have like you start finding these gems and you're like, oh that person's really, really doing it. Mm-hmm. And you're so doing it that people just don't have as much access or that's why they might not know when you go into studio because you are actually on tour, you're actually right. on those jobs. I think that can be really part of a legacy. There's so much to say for that. You figured out something that other people haven't.
1: Huh, interesting.
0: And there's a stability and a groundedness in it because you're not there like rah rah and acting all crazy. But something that you see before, you see the calm person who's actually doing it, you'll see a lot of people that are like telling you about yourself and being very dramatic. And that's what the dancers, a lot of the time who are here, seeking out their futures with dance, they're getting that before the person who's actually just doing it.
2: That's
1: true. It's kind of like if you, you don't need to talk about it, you kind of just need to do it. Uh And I think, and it might be, it it seems like a popularity contest a lot of times, but that's just on the surface. But a lot of times that's just people's personality. Mm -hmm. They want people to know what they're doing. They want people to know that they are good. They want people to know that they are relevant. And I've never needed that, which is why I I don't know, kinda of flew under the radar and, and had fun and, and enjoyed myself but would have no problem getting on a tour and falling off the face of the earth for seven, eight months, you mm-hmm. know. If it's the right choreographer. I think that's the key too. If you get in with the right choreographers at the right time, it takes time and you have to you have to really plug at it. But they will notice you and they will say, Oh, let's use so and so and then you do it and then you do it again and then you pick your battles and this and that it it, it definitely is possible.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and it's interesting you say that because there was no game plan that was in my head that I said, okay, now I want to work for Fatima, so now I need to do this. Next it's Tone Rich. And then I'm going to go to Jerry Slaughter. Like, it, it doesn't really work like that. It kind of happens organically, and then you need to know how to act in those situations mm-hmm. with those people. Mm-hmm. And those are skills that you're going to learn at a younger age, mm-hmm. you know, in college or in even if it's in the industry, like, you'll learn quickly. Like, everybody has the house parties, and you want to be social, and you want to meet these people. And a lot of it is, a lot of it is connections, mm-hmm. honestly. If you're connected, and you're the girlfriend of so-and-so, or you're the boyfriend of so-and-so, and they say, oh, yeah, yeah, come to this audition. Yeah, you might get the job, but mm-hmm. that's the fast track. And that's why I always say you have to put in the work. Because once you get exposed, or you get put on that grand stage, you say, okay, cool now dance with this person, or now do this, and you're not ready because you just got fast-tracked, mm-hmm. that's going to be tough for you. Yeah. You know? So I've definitely put in the time, and I've definitely put in the work. Yeah.
0: And I'm sure <laughs> so there's... <now> I'm hanging. <laughs> and I'm sure there's a lot of things that you haven't seen, even just talking to you for this, that you have done that are, like, key ingredients. I'm obsessive about, what are the key ingredients that people don't notice they do?
1: Yeah. It's true.
0: If you were a fruit, what would you be?
1: A fruit? Yeah. I would be... A coconut. Awesome. Because you got to climb the tree to get up there and get me.
0: Oh. I'm just chilling. So you don't want to be with all the other fruits. No,
1: I want to be all the way up in the tree. If you want me, you got to climb all the way up. And then you can get me. Then you got to crack it open. Yeah. Coconut.
0: That's like the epitome of hard to get.
1: Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> it would be a regular banana or like an apple. Little kids can go up and get an apple.
0: Wow. You got to work for the coconut. That's deep. <laughs> That's deep. I've never heard that before. I love it. Is there anything that you'd like to promote? What are you up to? Something that I really want to touch on that we didn't get into this time so much is how much you've been teaching. Oh, you've been man. touring with conventions. Yes, 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 Be- yes. Use it. What are you up to? It's with- my
1: favorite thing to do. I love ah. teaching kids. I love the babies.
0: How teach-
1: old? Oh man, they go from 6 to 18. The minis are 6 to 9. The juniors are 10 to 12. The teens are 13, 15. The scenes are 16 and up, and I get I get them probably twice a weekend, and the babies are my favorite, man. They'll do whatever you tell them to do. Like, we tell jokes. It's awesome, man. I mean, if you can't humble yourself to be a big kid in a room full of 100 six- or seven-year-olds, you're not living. Like, it's so much fun. I love it. So this is the first season that I've done more. I teach on West Coast Dance Explosion. West Coast, whoop. Uh, it's the first season that I've done more than five cities. Mm-hmm. Um, I did 12 this year actually and just that grind of January to April everyone I feel like I woke up after the whiz in December started in January and then I just woke up two days ago and now we have our last city this weekend Wow so it's kind of like it's it's a grind it's every weekend but at the same time you with a different group of kids that give you a different di- a different energy so I have to give it different energy, and then they do something cool, so I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to do this. But they say something, I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to say this. So it's just so much energy being bounced around. But kids are our future, and I feel like if you can't be happy for a child that wants to dance, that has it in them, and want to inspire them and make them better, then I feel like as an adult, we're, we're making this, this country worse, you know? So if that's my contribution, I take it back. If that's my contribution yeah. is to make kids better and confident and have the best hip-hop class even if they're not hip-hop dancers then i've done my job
0: how uh real quick how did you get into teaching
1: i didn't have any money when i was younger and i realized that i could explain things i i even in school in grade school i needed the teacher to explain it to me i said yes i know you want me to figure out how to do it but i'm not good at that i mean if you explain it to me i will get it right every time mm-hmm. so when people don't explain something to me i'm like well i i've Yeah, I figured it out, but that's no attribute. That's no, like, compliment to you. You didn't teach me. Mm -hmm. So I've always been very meticulous in how I teach people and how I get them to understand certain things. Like once a person has a formula, they'll be able to get it. But you have to give them that formula so they at least have a chance to understand how to get something. So once I did that, then I realized okay, so I can teach, and then I'm funny, and then I make jokes, and then I, you know, we have a good class.
0: For these, I can tell. For these. Uh, larger conventions and rooms how did you get prepped because it's just a little bit of a different format right when Absolutely. You have a lot of people how do you get prepped for those first you know big master classes and workshops and you know when you're teaching in a hotel versus a dance studio for anyone who, what I mean by hotel is you have like the grand ballroom right. and you have a convention how do you get prepared for those that first time that you're teaching there
1: oh man how do you get prepared I think just doing it and not knowing that you're actually prepared is the key. You kind of just have to jump in, and then you have to fail and see what works and what doesn't work.
2: Ooh.
1: Because I really don't think somebody says, okay, so here's what you do. You do this and you do that, but they might not, j- they might not jive with your personality. or they might, not, they might not feel you. So I usually ask, how many people have seen me before, taken my class before? In some cities, crickets. And I'm like, well, you guys are in for a treat. Let oh. me tell you why and I say, I'm gonna give 100% to this class. In one hour, I will be sweating, I will be almost dying because I want you to have as much fun as I'm having up here. In return, when you, at the end of class, just out of etiquette, all the kids come up and they say thank you and they wanna take pictures, I'm like, in return, I don't wanna take a picture with you if you didn't give me 100%. Why would I? That doesn't make sense, Like we're we're all human. If you're not gonna give me 100%, why would I give you 100%? So don't wait until the 55th minute to say, He's cool. I'm about to do it. No, I've seen you the whole class. I don't, I don't, I don't need that because I've done my job. I've done exactly. I've given you your money's worth. I say this in front of the kids. Yeah. I give you your money's worth. I give given a hundred percent. I'm killing myself up here. If you don't have the courtesy or the, if you're tired, whatever it is, if you don't want to give it to me, I understand, but you can't expect me to be so gung ho about taking a picture and after the class. So are we on the same page? you going to give me 100%? Cool. Let's rock.
0: People must really like their pictures.
1: They do <laughs> like it. That's the social media aspect of it. Oh. They want to get a picture with somebody that is in my position. I understand the position I'm in, so I take advantage of that. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, cool. If you want to take a picture, I need to see you work. Uh-huh. And they're like, okay, cool. And then usually the first 20 minutes, they're working their ass off, and then... We start dancing and everybody's going
0: for it. Oh my god, I wanna to go to one of your classes. It's fun. I might be <laughs> I might be slightly over than the fifteen to seventeen group. That's
1: fine. No, that's fine.
0: Okay. I'll just hide hide in behind a curtain. No, are you <laughs> Oh that's beautiful. I can tell how much you love doing that. I do.
1: It's if I could do that for the rest of my life and make a lot of money, I would.
0: <laughs> um, I think that's possible. Very possible. We'll see. Hello? <laughs> And how do you, how do people find you? How do people take classes with you?
1: The problem is I don't teach in L.A. a lot just because I feel like it's such a commitment and it's a culture to teach at Debbie's or The Edge or even Millennium. Like, you need to be there every week because people will start following you and they like your class yeah. and you don't want to disappoint the people. If They want to say, oh, we want trades class and I'm not there for three weeks. I wouldn't expect them to keep me on, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, most classes are, I would say, what I tell people, everywhere else. If I'm ever in LA or if I'm ever in a surrounding city, I usually put on Instagram and say, "Hey, I'm teaching at this studio." What's
0: your Instagram?
1: Trey Holloway underscore.
0: Okay. T R E. Thank
1: you. H O L L O W A Y. Underscore. And
0: we'll write that in the little blurb.
1: Yeah, so I've been posting a lot more lately.
0: So like one post for every month.
1: No, no, no. Maybe uh, maybe two posts a week. Yeah.
0: Okay. A All right. Something. Progress.
1: Probably not a lot compared to most of you avid posters, but yeah, I, I'm busy. I, so checked your, cool.
0: <laughs> I checked your Instagram. I was so like happy for you and Salty at the same time. Cause I was like, I have like a thousand pictures and 1500 followers and your picture to follow ratio was beautiful. Thanks. And I was like, you know, maybe I'll just make mine. I'll do a second Trey Holloway. And you know, like a and fake then you
1: account. Get it. And then, well, <laughs> the funny kidding. thing is, I have oh, like no. three fake accounts.
0: Oh no, that's so how sure. you know you yeah, have a. Yeah,
1: exactly. So you know that that was bad, but now it's easy to follow me, Trey underscore, and it's, it's easy.
0: Perfect. Wow, thank you so much for coming here today. Thank you for having
1: me. I appreciate it. It's
2: fun.
0: I, this was so much fun for me. Um, I I I love and I appreciate that I get to be around so much talent and that I get to be geeked about my friends and also really get to acknowledge what you're doing because out here so many people are up to so much it's you know you got casual you Mm -hmm. we're just connecting as humans over what we connect with but then when you actually look at like well what's my friend been doing oh my god i'm like should i be getting an autograph (laughs) holy moly so thanks for coming you've been so humble so open so informative and I really hope that we get to do this again. And I'm really excited to see what you're doing this next year. And Absolutely. Afterwards. Me too. I'm
1: excited. I yeah. I my agent so we can make a plan.
0: Perfect. And anything else that you want to promote? Anything else we can check you on?
1: Um, no. I would say just make sure you don't take yourself too seriously. And just realize that we're dancing and it's so much fun. And our quality of life is so much better than the typical nine to five of a lot of people which is fine because maybe they need that security and that's what they like but i just never take it too seriously and i and people say hey what you been doing i'm like hanging out you know i I, being humble is is one of my favorite things to be just because when people when it's time for people to know they will know Mm -hmm. but just don't take it too seriously i mean people people are dying people are curing cancer like people doing way more better work than what we're doing Mm -hmm. so you have to enjoy it you Mm -hmm. know and that's how i live my life so
0: awesome Bye! Bye! <laughs>